You're listening to All Ears with Somewhere Soul. Welcome to episode three of All Ears with Somewhere Soul. Very happy to be joined by Ruby Wood. Hello. Ruby, thanks for coming on to the podcast. It's a pleasure. Thank you for having me. Welcome, welcome. So, how are you? How's how's your week been? How's the weekend? What's going on? Oh, it's good. I've just worked. It's been half term and because um, I've been working in a school, <laughs> my day job. <laughs> so I was like looking forward to half term. But actually this half term has just been jam packed with freelance work. So I need another half term. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. when, when did half term end? Uh, still, I mean, yeah, back going to, on now. Back today oh, at okay. work. So, um, yeah, it's been good. I've been recording. Nice. Monday, Tuesday with Submotion. Mm-hmm. Got rehearsals. Um, and then Saturday, Sunday, was working at Batsy Power Station dressed as a skeleton, as you do. <laughs> Such a nice double life I you've know. got going on. Going to do what you're going to do. Yeah. <laughs> Fingers in many pies, sorry, so. And I saw you, because you played a solo show recently. Yeah, it wasn't uh, an originals gig or anything. It was mainly just like covers. Um, but it was nice just to to do something on my own, really. And, yeah. like, and do a kind of intimate gig as well, you know, where with Submo it's been a lot of big venues and it's it's actually really nice just to have 20, 30 people. Yeah, the venue looked lovely. Yeah, it's lovely. Hern, um, Park Edge Bar and Kitchen in Hern Hill. <laughs> I was going to say Hern Bay then. <laughs> But um, yeah, really nice. Nice. Would you look to do more? Yeah, definitely. Like solo stuff in the future? or? Uh, I've got a gig this Saturday at Red Rooster in Shoreditch. Another, another duo gig, again, playing covers. But um, yeah, I think it's really nice just singing other people's songs sometimes. Yeah, yeah so what were you, because I remember I saw you live at um, the time of the month podcast show, The Montague oh, Arms wow, yeah. in Peckham. That was a while Quite ago. A long time ago, yeah. yeah. Um, but that was the first time I'd heard you sing. And I had literally goosebumps Aww. the whole time. Was that covers? Was it originals? Was that it, was originals. Was it originals. Yeah, mm. that was originals. Probably one of the last originals gigs I've really? done. One of my own. I mean, um, but I would like to get to that stage again. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, God, that was a good gig. It was. I really enjoyed that. Yeah, it was, yeah. It was so good. I I didn't. I lived in Peckham at the time and had no idea that right. Montague Arms even. Me either. Existed. I was like, what? They're playing where? In Peckham? I was like, they've got to have listed that wrong. It wasn't the best venue, I don't think. It was an authentic so, venue yeah. for what I was looking to achieve, I think. Yeah. Yeah. It was, yeah, it was quite interesting. <laughs> Did the job, so. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, the, the reason you've been invited onto the podcast is to mm-hmm. talk about the fairly meaty topic of women in the music industry and female representation. Mm-hmm. Um which could obviously lead into quite a depressing chat, but we're going to try and keep it as positive as possible. And I think there's plenty of positive to yeah. talk about. Yeah. Um, so I think a good place to start is your sort of earliest experiences in school with music. What uh, What was that like for you? How sort of early did you get into music? Um, I was seven and I joined a steel band in Huddersfield, actually, because my parents um, had a lot of West Indian friends and my dad was really good friends with this guy called Kelvin and he said, oh, bring your daughter along. And, and I was, yeah, I was seven and I used to have to stand on a little box so I could reach up to the band. <laughs> <laughs> and I was the only white girl as well. It was like, <laughs> so I did, you know, and I didn't know anybody, but I stayed in that band until I was about 18. And yeah, so that actually was my musical education, really. Um, Because, you know, I didn't really do piano lessons or anything like that. And it was every Saturday and Sunday. And I didn't like it at the time because I was like, oh, I want to play out with my friends. I want to, you know, but now when I look back, I'm like, wow, that was, you know, it was really, really helpful in training my ear, really. And just kind of giving me a sense of music, like an unconventional sense. And then... I was at school and obviously GCSE music came up and I was I went for it. Um, school was terrible, I must admit, yeah. like really, really bad. From the like, musical Yeah, sense, like yeah. we'd go into school, we were in year 10 and there'd be no teacher for weeks, you know, we'd just be like pissing around <laughs> in the classrooms and I obviously really wanted to do music so I went on a 
I went on a train from Huddersfield to Leeds every Monday evening and did a night course. No way. So, and I'm really glad I did because I got, you know, I got an A, passed it, and all of the other kids in my year failed because it wasn't their fault because actually some of them were a lot better than me. Yeah. And had a lot more musical now, I think, but unfortunately school let them down and... um yeah, it really is a shame that. So then I went on and did, obviously, um, A-levels. That wasn't the best time, <laughs> to be honest. A-levels in what, music? Music in, tech? Yeah, or music, just, just not music. music tech. I wish I had done music tech, but I'll get onto that later. Um, yeah, and then I went to Leeds College of Music and did a jazz degree. Mm. And that was brilliant. Yeah. Yeah, I really enjoyed that. So and I'm glad to, I didn't quit, sorry. Sorry, I was going to say, just to, just to rewind to GCSE. Mm. Um in secondary school, what do you think? Did you notice, were there many people at secondary school who were musical, taking music lessons? And uh, if so, were were they mainly guys? Or did you know many, like, did you have many girlfriends who were getting into music or playing instruments? Not really. Again, there was the whole, like, the guys were the ones who were interested in the, the production side of it and obviously instruments like drums guitar or whatever and then obviously the girls were like oh I want to be a singer I want to be Beyonce you know yeah. <laughs> and me as well actually yeah. so I was trying to like one of your questions I was thinking I feel like I've been conditioned in a sense you know and oh yeah oh, I'm just going to go down the singer route you know yeah it's because I asked um asked someone the other day like name the first five girl bands you think of mm. um and they were like uh Spice Girls um Sugar Babes, Atomic Kitten. I can't remember who the other one was. Um, yeah. Who's the like current biggest girl band? They were um, not like X Factor L- or something. Little Mix or those. Little Mix, of, yeah. yeah, that's it. And then I was like, name the that. five. <laughs> <laughs> Huge Little Mix fan. Um, and then I was like, name five boy bands, and they were like, oh, I don't know, Coldplay, Block Party. It's like, oh, they all. Yeah. They all play instruments in the boy band, and I was like, this is. And because I was researching mm. this for the podcast and looking into it, it was something that. The more I learned about it, the more I was like, oh, mm. this is like, this isn't good. It isn't, no. And I thought back to when I was at school and it was like you say, yeah. girls went off to singing lessons, if that. Yeah, yeah. And guys were uh, yeah, playing guitar, drums and... Yeah, I guess it's just, uh, maybe it's just as no role models. Or maybe mm. there still aren't many role models, really, or, you know what I mean? yeah. Well, I did literally yesterday read a piece on Billboard that Fender, um, Fender released a study saying that fifty percent of new guitar sales are females. Okay, that's which I was like, wow, it's yeah, it's not all doom and gloom. Like that's pretty yeah. amazing. That's brilliant. Um, but so maybe I'd love to go and be a fly on the wall in school now and and yeah, and I guess it depends on the schools. Maybe I don't know. Probably, and whether they're funded and. Um, encouraged yeah. to take music that way yeah I mean I I'm I'm lucky my parents have been really encouraging with whatever I wanted to do um but even then I still became a singer mm. I still wanted to you know but I guess so. part of that is just down to natural I guess I just liked it and, you know yeah. yeah and obviously the steel bands because that was all there was no theory it was just all like you hear something you play it mm-hmm. that's it it's in there you know and um, yeah, it didn't help me in terms of <laughs> having to read music later on, but it definitely helped with singing. Yeah. I think. Yeah. Yeah. So, would you say that the first sort of primary responsibility is with the parents in terms of getting more girls into music from a young age? Um, <clears throat> it would be great if parents encouraged girls and didn't put, you know, oh, you're a girl, you shouldn't be doing that. Or, you know, I mean, I guess it comes from there upbringing as well and what they Mm. uh, you know connect girls and boys to be you know but then obviously with school like school should offer production lessons and maybe for girls maybe they should have like a girls one or something that might get do you know what I mean yeah because I can imagine if boys are in there and they're they're doing their thing and then maybe girls looking seeing that they're I don't do you know what I mean it might create like an environment where yeah I they feel know. more at ease to yeah. sort of express themselves. Yeah, I think so. And then, or maybe classes to show female producers or like guest lectures from you know what I mean from girls that might help. Mm. I guess it's the same sort of 
same sort of concept as why so many like fitness studios mm. and fitness classes are either all girl, only girl, or predominantly mm. female because they don't like working out. They like well, they like working out with other women and feeling at yeah, ease yeah. and uncomfortable. Definitely, yeah. I probably would have liked that. Yeah. <laughs> probably I probably would have liked to go to an old girls and then do you know what I mean? You all feel there is like quite an encouraging sense though if you're mm. all together and you're learning and and maybe if um music productions looked a bit less techy kind of do you know what I mean? Yeah. I think maybe because boys grow up playing computer games and girls. I've just mm. seen it with my own daughter. Do you know what I mean? She is more interested in pushing a pram around and <laughs> carrying handbags and stuff. Than... And like, when did that happen? Yeah, I know. And I I'm, don't think I'm particularly girly either. So I'm like, that's obviously somewhere in there, you know? Mm-hmm. But it's, yeah, interesting. Mm. That's interesting, yeah. <laughs> so you went to, you moved on to a jazz degree, you said? Uh, yeah, Leeds College of Music. And, and what was that like for you? I loved it. Yeah, I really did. It was great. Um, <clears throat> I I didn't really like the first year because I had this teacher. I won't mention any names, but she <laughs> <laughs> she was. Um, I don't think she was ready. I don't think I think she wanted to be a singer, and then obviously was a bit bitter that she had to then do teaching to pay the bills, as we all have to do. Sure, I'm realizing, <laughs> but um, she was quite discouraging to the singers I noticed and she'd kind of take over and do bits that we should have been doing because we're students and she'd mm. take over and do so she'd sing with the big bands and stuff and we'd be like can we try yeah. you know? she once said to me as well like you can't just flutter your eyelashes Ruby and get um, musicians to do things for you meaning male musicians wow. I think which I remember being like what like <laughs> I'm just here to learn I'm not trying yeah. And um, yeah, so that was that was a really interesting thing about like how, you know, and then she'd obviously when she was doing her gig, she'd be there all like really flirty with all the male musicians, all the male students as well. So it was a really, you know, trying to work out, okay, so what is a singer's role in this and how, you know? Yeah. Well, that's really interesting because I was listening to, have you listened to um, Laura Marling's podcast before? No. She's but... got a really, really good podcast okay. um, called probably going to get this wrong now, but Reversal of the Muse, I think it is. Okay. And it's all about female creativity. Yeah. Um, and I can't remember who the guest was, but she was saying often, she's she found at an early age that it was often the men that were more supportive yeah. in pushing <clears throat> her mm-hmm. than the women. And often the women. the women would sort of feel like they were pitted against each other or yeah. just like that Maybe they couldn't succeed without the other one not succeeding. And yeah. I found that really interesting. Whereas the same... She was saying, hopefully now the tide is slightly turning in females supporting each other more than... Yeah. I mean, I feel that personally. I've been feeling that myself. Um, Yeah, I think there probably was a sense of that, especially at uni. Um, It's a shame, it really is, because it's enough for everybody. I'm realising that now. Yeah. And what was the gender split like in Oh, it was was about five singers, two female sax players... A pianist, that was it, and then the rest boys. Really, in a class yeah. of it was probably about fifty others, maybe, maybe more. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> but yeah, there was there was hardly any um, female instrumentalists, and then about five singers. And did everyone mix? Was it fairly open, or could you feel? Was, mm. was, was it? Did you notice? being a female in that in that sort of environment I did yeah and I also noticed being um, a singer as well and being like how realizing how that if you were female you were probably a singer you know what I mean and the the sax players were you know few and far between I remember having an idea at uni I think Beyonce had already like beat me to it but I was like we should set up a female band we should do all females you know I I never did it but (laughs) it would have been nice (laughs) so what was the um, dynamic of the course like was it modules were there how what's the sort of jazz i've no idea what yeah. jazz yeah like different modules like, different so some, some was practical some was um theory based you know like oral awareness training then we did like little things like indian improvisation or like mm. percussion or um obviously the theory kind of stuff you know the chords and <laughs> two five one progressions it's all gone now though <laughs> like if you ask me to tell you something i'll be yeah. like uh, it's in there, hopefully. Yeah. 
That's yeah. funny. But it was good. I loved it and I really, I really appreciated doing it and the, meeting the people who I met, I'm still working with today. So that's where Submotion Orchestra Yeah, formed. yeah. Um, How many years ago? Ten years ago ten next years year. Ago. Wow. Mental. <laughs> and how did you guys... <laughs> so Tommy was Tommy the drummer. Mm-hmm. And <clears throat> the guy who set it up, really, he was in the year above me. And I remember I used to like go into practice rooms sometimes and see him in there and he'd be, he always had a frown on, though. Because <laughs> I was a bit like oh, intimidated by him. But... Um, yeah, I went to a jazz gig one time and he was playing and I just went up and I was like, oh, it was a really, really good gig. And he was like, oh, cheers, Ruby. And then I was a bit like, I didn't know he knew who I was. <laughs> <laughs> and then I went home and got a Facebook message and it's like, I'm setting up this dubstep band. Do you want to get involved? Um, and at the time I was just saying yes to everything, you know. <laughs> you have asked me to join yeah. like a, a folky um, whatever you know, <laughs> nurse flute band I'd been like yeah great <laughs> Absolutely. yeah I'm down <laughs> so yeah the rest is history really 10 years so he was already f- forming when he asked you to go along he mm. already had the rest of the band no, together no uh, they'd done some like thing at um, York Minster and it was like trying to like I don't really know it was, it was like kind of mixing dubstep with like orchestral kind of music and I think that gave him and Dom Ruxpin the idea and they were both like oh this could be cool if we did this you know so he kind of just went around handpicking people who he wanted and then yeah there you are yeah (laughs) nice and over the years obviously 10 years is a long long time but Mm. at any point did you feel empowered being a, a female singer as the sort of focal point of a Male, a male yeah. they are an all male band, are yeah, they? Yeah, yeah, all males. Yeah, I guess at some point I did. <clears throat> yeah, I guess it's just you know you are the odd one out, aren't you? So yeah. and you are the one stood at the front, and you know I was pushed to the front of pictures as well. <laughs> but then there was a weird like there's a few mixed messages there where I used to be told like, you know, like we're all you know we're all equal, which we are, but. You know, or you can't say this, or you know, you're not you're not the band leader, and it's like, yeah, I know. But mm. then people are kind of more drawn to me, maybe because I am the female, or maybe because I am always pushed to the front. And um, so, yeah, I found <clears throat> I found that quite hard to manoeuvre in the early days because, like, well, what <laughs> you you've asked for a singer to be in the band, so you yeah. can't. Um, yeah, but I did. I think I have found it empowering. And did yeah. you ever notice anything? I know I've heard artists talk about sort of tour experiences and have you ever felt you being treated differently from the guys, from people on tour, like um, sound people? Or I remember, I think it was Maya Law spoke about a gig hmm. she played and the sound guy asked her DJ, like, oh, does Maya need this? And right, she stood right there. Yeah. Uh, As if you've had any experiences <laughs> like that before or... I mean, sound guys are sound guys, aren't they? Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I've had a few run-ins with them, but... Yeah. Um, I did have to, like, fight my cause in the early days of Submotion and in terms of, like, having my own room because at one point they were they just thought it was fine to, like, shove me and two, two of the guys in a room together and I was like, no. Yeah. <laughs> no. <laughs> and they were like, yeah. And I was like, no. Mm. And I did have to put my foot down at one point. Yeah. I was wanting a different treatment then. Because I was like, look, I am the only girl. And um, I've had to, you know, I've had to say to them sometimes, like, they're, they're happy to just, like, dump me in a service station sometimes after a gig and make me get a, an Uber home and stuff. And I'd be like, would you treat your girlfriends like this? Yeah. <laughs> no, I don't think you would, you know? Like, And I do have to remind them sometimes. And I think, you know, it's it's good that they see me as one of the guys because that means that we're, like, we've got, like, this equal thing. But then yeah. also... I am a woman and like, so yeah, I've had to have things like that. Um, In terms of sound guys and things like that, um, I don't really know. I can't can't remember, to be honest. Nothing is standing out. Yeah. And I was going to ask, was it, do you feel like you've grown to be more um, domineering in terms of putting your foot down and being like, enough is enough, or have you just always naturally been (laughs) that way inclined? Uh... I do think to get my voice heard, I do have to like shout more than I probably would if I was in a group of females. I think yeah. we'd be able to talk about it more. And I think 
I, I just feel a little bit like if I'm not really shouting about something or passionate about something, they, they just, it gets overlooked, you know? Or, oh, and also they see me a little bit like, oh God, Ruby again, or you want your period, you know, that kind oh, of vibe. God. And it's like, yeah. no, I'm just, <laughs> I'm passionate about this thing. Mm-hmm. We've had a bit of that. Um, yeah, I still feel sometimes I don't get heard. <laughs> From <laughs> a creative then, sense? Yeah, in, of, in yeah, a creative or... sense. And also just about, there's some things that they just, I just think that they just don't even include me in because, um, oh yeah, you don't have to worry about that kind of side, you know? And it's, mm. yeah, maybe that's how I take it. They might not be seeing it like mm-hmm. that, but that's how I feel sometimes. Yeah. Um, but they are like, don't get me wrong, they are lovely. And I do see it like six big brothers, you know? Yeah. But then brothers and sisters argue. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, of course, I guess. Yeah, because yeah, yeah. I was looking at um, the top 50, I think it was top 50 like UK chart hits mm. in like preparation for this podcast and just like digging around and looking at stuff. And something I read online, which was interesting, is that although like Spotify and lots of big platforms have these mm. playlists which are like um, Wonder Women or like female, like Soul yeah. Sisters, that sort of yeah, stuff, yeah. which is great. Mm-hmm. When you actually look at the the biggest, most popular playlists, mm. like the charts and stuff, they're still so predominantly male yeah. dominated. And it's yeah. like the problem isn't the smaller, the smaller it's, sort of sub yeah. playlists that the people that are listening to those playlists aren't the ones often that need Mm. inspiring yeah yeah of course it's a mass and I don't know if we I think if we move on to sort of what do you what you think the sort of industry's role is at the moment what you think if we look at it two ways Mm. what do you think what are the good things you think is happening in the industry at the moment and what do you think needs to change Uh, I think the good things that are happening is that artists uh, can take they've got more control now and they you know you can a female producer or a female singer-songwriter or whatever can put a song up on Spotify like that without even needing like AWOL or whatever now, can't they? And, mm. um, and I think that's amazing. Like how how good is that? That if you've got a simple laptop and a recording, you know, a mic, you can release your music. So I think that for anybody is great. Um, I just think it's the way that women are viewed in this world. Like it's, I think... For the record label, they still they still see it as like sex sells. They're still looking for like a hot female who like mm. you know, and if she can sing great, like do you know what I mean? That's yeah. I still think that is still there, like. And it trickles down, and yeah, I guess from the big. And I still even I guess you know there was a part of Submo that probably thought, oh yeah, well, we'll just have, I don't know. I'm not saying I'm like hot or anything, but like they they chose a female vocalist for yeah. you know mm-hmm. rather than you know a male vocal or whatever for, for a particular reason and it's just there and I think we are all conditioned. Yeah. Um, so there just needs to be a change in in mentality really. <laughs> but that's in all kind of jobs. It's, mm. I guess, know. yeah, it's tough because the record execs, they're not going to move away from what they know yeah. sells, uh-huh. sadly. So it's always, always often, it's up to the listeners as well. It is up to the listeners, and yeah they're just consuming what they're fed and mm-hmm. it's a bit of a cycle. It is. Maybe they've not even thought about it. I don't know, maybe yeah, maybe I'm, some I'm, people aren't even conscious. It's just so... Yeah, I'm sure not because I, I then looked on a, a playlist we'd created yeah. um, on Spotify and it was predominantly male and I was like, I've not done this intentionally whatsoever. Yeah. I like champion yeah. so many amazing female artists and I was just like, this is, I was like, this is quite... Like, it's good that you were conscious of it after that, you know, and you were like, yeah, I wow, guess. you know, and you pulled yourself up and you were like, oh. Yeah. But um, it reminds me of a conversation I was having with <clears throat> Dom Ruxpin on the way back from a gig in Edinburgh on the train. And uh, so me and Fatty, actually, the bass player, because I was like, I need, to, I need to make some extra money somehow. Like, maybe I should, like, get a wig and, like, be a female DJ, you know. And they were like, yeah, yeah. And he was like, yeah, group, let's do that. And uh, Dom came back from the toilet. And I was like, Dom, I'm look, I might become a female DJ. What do you think? And he was like, why do, why do you have to say it like that? Why do you have to be a female DJ? Why mm. don't you just be a DJ? And even I, you know, yeah, even yeah. I'm there is kind of putting myself into that. Like, why don't you just say I'm going to be a DJ? Why is, why do you, 
Do you know what I mean? Yeah. And it's like, well, that's wow, one of those I'm... disputes that um, if you're putting on like a night, do you say like, oh, we're putting on an all female lineup? Yeah. To like champion females, or yeah. do you try and normalise it by just this is a night? Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Why does it, why does um, gender have to? Yeah, I know. I yeah. think it's it's the same for like football, women's football. Why is it women's football? Like, but then not, you know, it's a different. It's not even going to be included in like that. Yeah, or and I've, I've, I often I often feel like even if a band don't want to sort of identify themselves as an all female band, mm. if they are then successful, yeah, they they're going to get journalists and people talking about them as an all female. Yeah. And they're going to end up with that tag anyway, even if they don't want it a lot of time, which is, yeah. which is quite frustrating. I know, it is. Can you imagine? <laughs> like, if, I, if someone so released a new night being yeah. like, oh, we're putting on like an all-male lineup," They'd be like, <laughs> sorry? I know. <laughs> <laughs> why is that important? I know, why, is, why are you saying that? Mm. I know. I think it's a problem. It's a greater than music problem. It's a problem mm. with the world. <laughs> As and James you, Brown said, it's a man's world. Mm, it just shouldn't be though, should it? It's so frustrating. <laughs> yep. It's just so frustrating. It's just the fact that like, you know, even in this day and age, there's a gender pay gap. Like, how is that possible for doing the same job? Yeah. How, you know? Mm. I'm lucky in Submotion that like we've always, for doing the same job, we've always been paid the same. You know, there's That's been really no good. kind of, yeah, we're all, we're all in the same. We go out to do a gig, we come back exactly the same yeah there's never been any of that going on just been good that's really good yeah because yeah. that almost yeah almost certainly won't be the case across the industry no I know I can't even imagine so people going and doing women going and doing the same job like an office job and getting a different amount like how yeah <laughs> makes zero sense I know and do you think the reason one of the reasons why you've sort of surrounded yourself by other sort of strong independent female artist is that because maybe I don't know subconsciously you feel like the problem is so big that you can't look to the industry you have to look for smaller pockets of creativity and communities Mm -hmm. definitely yeah no I'm really really grateful to have have those girls as friends basically because they're all they're all so inspiring we can all share problems you know like I feel a little bit as well like I've been quite um sheltered in a way we've we've been in submotion like there's certain things now that I'm like oh wow I just haven't been flexing those muscles just like seeing how Carmody's you know MD in her own band how Marie's MD in her own band like going out and getting a gig shooting the videos herself like you know what I mean this is I feel like a little bit like oh, wow like mm. I've not had the chance to develop those kind of skills because mm. it's all been done yeah, for me. So it's yeah, it's really inspiring to be around them and and just to discuss like things. Like the other day, I picked up the phone and I was like, Marie, what shall I do about this? And she was like, Yeah, does it? You know, what I mean, it's just cool to be able to chat to them. Uh, and Seems like come, she's full of energy. Marie is amazing. Yeah. <laughs> she's brilliant. She's such a powerhouse. Yeah, she's just like bam, bam, bam. She yeah. Because sometimes I just want to call her up and be like, Right, what are you doing today? What can I? Like, <laughs> what can I learn from you? Because she's, yeah, she's killing it. Where did all you guys first meet? Was it like the same thing or did you sort of assemble, when I say assemble, makes it sound like some sort of like <laughs> I first superheroes. Met, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I first met Marie because um, we were both living in East London and I think she she must have just messaged me and been and like, do you want to go for a picnic? And we actually just went to London Fields and just had a little picnic and... Um, she told me that I said to her, where have you been all my life? I don't remember this, but she... <laughs> 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 but so she was aware of you through yeah. music anyway yeah maybe yeah. From, I don't know how I don't know how she maybe she'd heard of Submotion I don't know and then it was I think it was her idea to set up the podcast <clears throat> oh, okay and I'd just I'd just given birth it was quite so I felt really actually I felt quite lonely at that time and quite like disconnected from music I guess mm-hmm. I was like just questioning everything and being like oh what am I doing what, you know how am I going to manage this and um, <clears throat> Marie sent me a message and was like I really want to set up this podcast about women in music I'm going to have you know Carmody I'm going to have Lauren Mish I'm going to have Emma V and I was like oh wow and she was like I'd like you to be involved as well and I was like oh but I just I don't even feel like a musician right now you know all really? this change has happened and I haven't had a gig for so long and I'm just like 
you know, but then she was like, no, like, you've got a lot of valuable things to say about being in the industry and I'd love you to be involved. And so I was like, yeah, great. And it's brilliant. Yeah. <laughs> just, just chatting, you know. Um, Is there going to be another one soon? I'm hoping so. Yeah. It's so hard though, because obviously everyone, you know, people coordinate are like, oh, everyone, yeah. yeah, where we live and now, you know, me with finding time when I'm, because we, we tried one podcast with Amber there and she was just like running around screaming. <laughs> yeah, I listened, it like, I listened to it the other day you? actually, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it was like, ah. <laughs> sometimes I can do things about with her there, sometimes I can't. You know? Yeah. <laughs> but hopefully soon, mm-hmm. hopefully soon I'll contact them. Yeah, I look forward to it. <laughs> So one other aspect of the industry I wanted to touch on is mm. music festivals, um, mainly because I read a Pitchfork piece recently about um, the gender split in music festivals. I think it was 19 music festivals, yeah, like the 19 biggest yeah. or bigger ones. Um, and the gender split, I think, was across these festivals was 19% female, wow. which I read and was just like, oh my God. like. Wow. And that that had improved 2% on the previous year, I think it was. Yeah. And lots of people were just like, oh, like progress is slow and like takes time. But should it be that slow? That For me, that felt far too slow. I don't know what your thoughts on... <clears throat> is that So is that like um, all female bands or, for example, like with Submotion with me as a lead vocalist, would that... So you'd be in the mixed okay. category. Okay which I can't remember what the percentage is, but it's still pretty low. I think the yeah. men were high 70. <clears throat> I think it was 78% or 75% male, which means a solo male or all-male yeah. band. Okay. Is it the case that there just isn't any, you know, how... how? Because you can't blame me if they are the ones making music and doing that. Is there, is there a case that... Maybe there just aren't that many female bands or female mm. bands that are good enough. I don't know. I'm trying to play devil's advocate here. No, of course. Um, and I know someone from a festival did say that. Um, yeah. They said the pool wasn't wasn't or isn't big enough for us to get a 50-50 split. Yeah. And then you have to sort of wonder, should they be aiming for a 50-50 split purely for it being a split and not, I know. To sort of represent their festival in terms of the sounds and music. Yeah, and it's a really it's a tough, tough one, one because yeah. then you don't you don't want to kind of like dilute the quality of said festival because you if they've got to tick boxes and they've got to do you know what I mean? It's like where mm. do you where do you draw the line? Really, it's um, which is I thought which is why I felt a bit weird about the pledge. Um, I can't remember who made the pledge, but there's a pledge for like fifty fifty split. Across all festivals, yeah, by twenty twenty or twenty twenty one or twenty twenty two or something, and it just doesn't feel right. I can just imagine people sat there just like ticking boxes yeah. or like contacting certain artists for the sake of mm. meeting that requirement. Mm-hmm. But then at the same time, is that just a phase we have to go through to then put these role models well, up on yeah, stage? I, don't know. I mean, I, feel, I think it's good it's being talked about at mm. least, and it? it's not just being just accepted, you know? It's good to look at the statistics and be like, oh, that's <laughs> what's going on there. But then, um, yeah, I don't, I, I really don't know. To be honest, I don't really know too much about this. I haven't delved into it but maybe that's me again just accepting that this is the way it is and maybe it shouldn't be you know would you do you feel like it's getting do you feel have you felt a change have you seen a change obviously you've been in music for quite a while now have you noticed any sort of obvious differences maybe i'm in a little bubble but i do feel that a lot of you know, the female artists that I know are doing well, you know. There's mm-hmm. obviously I've just bought Naya's Naya Naya's oh, yeah. album and loving it and she's killing it, mm. you know, she's there and that's that's all her. And I'm like, wow, it's amazing. And obviously, you know, there's like Marie, Saprel, Ego, you know, and Emma V. You've got um you've got Frenchie and the Naked Eye and it like people, you know, everyone I just feel for me it feels quite a shock to hear these statistics because I just feel I just see all these amazing women doing things doing yeah. gigs creating albums and EPs themselves and maybe I'm maybe it's like Facebook when you just <laughs> around election time and you're yeah, like yeah, yeah. 
so-and-so is going to win and then like <laughs> it's like you're in no pool. way this Brexit is happening like yeah. everyone on my Facebook exactly, feed exactly yeah <laughs> you're like oh no no way. what yeah it's <laughs> so true so maybe it's a bit of that um, I really don't know I don't know because I, I feel like I'm conditioned to and it's a shame mm-hmm. but I just you know 10 years of being a certain way and <laughs> hard to break the yeah hard to break the cycle yeah I mean I'd, I'd love to see more great female performers it was a shame that is it Glastonbury they've only had Beyonce and Shirley Bassey headline really? or play the pyramid stage on oh, no, a headline really yeah do you know what I mean like really yeah, think of all the people that have headlined time. Glastonbury and that's not like you don't have a pool to go through yeah that's just I know so it's like yeah and when they're like the like of all the festivals they should be setting mm-hmm. the biggest example. But they had a thing, didn't they, about having like Jay Z headline and there was a whole that whole thing then and that's kinda of going off a different but like having a a black hip hop artist headline and then all the people there's an uproar and people being like, What? you know, so I kept, there's loads of like glass ceilings put on everything. I think mm. unfortunately women are still under that glass ceiling. Yeah. And I I feel like it is definitely improving from an artistic point of view in terms of um, artists such as yourselves, um, musicians. Mm. But I think the the staggering ones are like producers, like you say, like in, in school, it's just, yeah. it's just not I know. happening. And that's where it needs to happen. Yeah. It really does. Especially if kids aren't getting it from home, they need to be getting it from school or else they've got no... I've got no hope, have they? I was lucky. My parents were enthusiastic. And yeah, open. so would you say that if your parents weren't... What? Didn't def- even talk about music, would you, would you have ever entertained the idea of it Probably at school? Probably not, because no. I, I didn't get any support at school. It was then when they said, oh, there's this course going in Leeds. Do you want to go? Just so that you can get a music GCSE. And I was like, yeah. yeah. But if they hadn't, you know, I'd have just been let down by school like a lot of my friends were let down by mm-hmm. my school. And I think it's a it's a common thing now with like arts grants being cut and music in schools being kind of cut. Arts mm. in schools, really, in general. Yeah, comedy yeah. said the exact same thing. Mm-hmm. On the it's last a real podcast. shame, and it's Tory government. <laughs> <laughs> but it is. <laughs> well, that's a, that's another like that's another talking point. Like, yeah. it can be helpless to try and push these initiatives, and mm-hmm. and for a parent as well. If you look at the government and see that that's not their priority, yeah, at all, I know. Is but their music's one of Britain's biggest imports, isn't it? You know, mm. but then they're not supporting it. Sad. <laughs> yeah, yeah. that makes sense. Yeah. Anyway, we're going to... <laughs> yeah, we're not trying to turn this into a into a political <laughs> rant. Laws will be here for hours. <laughs> I bet Theresa May's okay. The pay gap. <laughs> yeah, I don't think she's a big somewhere soul fan, no. sadly. <laughs> <Cute>. <laughs> Um, so yeah, the other thing I wanted to um, touch on was being a, a, a mother. Yeah, of course. Um, <laughs> so I got introduced to your little girl <laughs> Amber for the first time earlier. I was a little bit starstruck <laughs> after seeing so many Instagram stories she of her. More likes than me, this one. I don't know. <laughs> she is adorable. Thank you. Um, some female artists, such as Liliana, been Lily Allen, have been super vocal yeah. about the music industry just not caring about you if you're a mother. Was that something that ever you were aware of, becoming a mother? Were you... I thought it definitely before I became a mum. I was aware of the kind of... Almost like you passed it then, that's it, you know. Yeah. No one's going to want to touch you now after that. Um, I had in my head, I was like, I have to... I have to have done certain things before having a baby. Where do you think that came from just... I guess it's that whole thing again, like, of, as a woman, I remember first, when I first moved down to London, I had a meeting with, like, a manager, potential manager, and he was like, how old are you? And I was 25 at the time, and I was like, oh, 25. And he went, no, you're not. And I was like, yeah? And he was, he was like, you're 22. And I was like, okay. And, like, he managed this other girl, again, I won't mention names, but she again she was my age and she even changed all her Facebook information to say that she was 22 no way because, and it's that thing it's like wow even at 25 when I, thought I was like pretty yeah, young it's like, I thought I was pretty young yeah. then, you know like that was too old and it's just you know and then I remember Emily Sandy was like promoted as like being 
21 or something. No way. Oh <laughs> Sorry. God. Sorry if she's watching, but <laughs> she's over 30. Why, and why can't you be proud of that? Why yeah. can't? So I've, again, you've always, it's always been this thing like. Were you allowed to age from 22 or? What was that? Would you, know, like, Would you yeah, be allowed to age not. from 22? Just you're 22 yeah, now. 22 just forever. Forever. <laughs> <laughs> But it's, it just shows, doesn't it, that the pressure is put on women in the yeah. industry. And I don't know if they'd say that to a male producer. You're 25. No, you're not. You're 22. Like, yeah, of course not. I don't yeah. think there is that's the same pressures. And it was, um, yeah, I put pressure on myself. I was like, I have to have done an album. I have to be signed by so-and-so. I have to, you know. And obviously I wasn't <laughs> at the time. Like, you know, and I had Amber. And it did knock me for six a little bit, I'll be honest. Yeah. Like, I, my whole identity, everything, like... You know, I had to have a few, actually I had to, I fell out with a few of the guys on Submo because I was like, well, you know, I'm going to be getting some maternity or cover, you know, or like there was a few gigs that like they, they got a gig in Thailand and I was like, I couldn't obviously fly. So I was like, well, it's not that I can't do the gig. I just, I'm, I don't want to, or I'm choosing it to do something else. I can't fly because yeah. I'm pregnant. So can I still get some money? And it was like, because I, no, I kind of broke the seal really in that case nobody had had a baby up until then in Submo and so there was all these you know like grey areas like oh how do we how do we work this and I did mm. have to like put my foot down a bit and be like come on guys you know and, and I, they you know in the end they were like yeah actually we get it and you know for them they've obviously never had to think about it either so yeah. that I guess was it's quite... a complete change of identity or at least a new part of your identity yeah. being a mum is such a big part of your life yeah you're not just going to be I'm I'm an artist and it's a huge other it, it really is. set of responsibilities. And I think being, in a, in, in a way, doing music, doing anything art, artistic is, 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 is self-indulgent. You have to be mm. quite self-indulgent in a good way, but to have that, like, you know, before I became a mum, you'd just, like, get started on something and you'd be there for, like four or five hours I'd forget to eat sometimes because I'd be writing or you know and then you, and then you'd be like oh, oh what were the time you know but I can't do that anymore you can't just abandon her for yeah. four hours and you know and I'm find you know I find it hard now when I put her to bed and and I'll try and like schedule in like right I'm gonna write this song or I'm gonna do some you know I'm gonna do some stuff once she's in bed and then she won't go to bed or she'll be poorly or like any you know and there's just times like that that you're like oh yeah. <laughs> and I found there was a lot of it I had a lot of anxiety about leaving her at one point as well and um yeah I struggled a little bit with uh like my band's something I got um we were supporting cinematic orchestra on tour mm. and um I was just like trying to work out I was like well maybe I could bring Amber along maybe my mum could come or her dad could come along and it was just remember having a bit of an argument with him about that because he was like, you can't have your cake and eat it. You're either a mum or a musician, you know? And it was it was that kind of like, whoa, okay. Yeah, that doesn't feel right. <laughs> yeah. yeah, so there was, there was lots of things I, you know, struggled and find, found it hard. Um, it's obviously gotten a lot easier now that she's older and I've had so much support as well in a way. Like, actually, Submotion... If I have to rehearse and put her in for extra hours of childcare, they often have covered that, which oh, I really appreciate. Yeah, um, and also like Marie, for example, is always offering to babysit. And I surprise um, your friends aren't fighting over her. <laughs> <laughs> she absolutely loves Amber, and Amber loves her too. And um, yeah, a lot of them are you know considerate and understanding and. Yeah, I think I think everyone gets it. Yeah. And I did read an article about Sean Anderson. She was a Radio One Extra DJ. Okay. She was talking about like motherhood, and I think that like kind of knocked her as well. And she, and she kind of said when she came back, people really didn't help. You know, with her was it a Vice article. Yeah. Yeah, I think I yeah. read the same one actually. Yeah. She she said that that was a really testing time for her as well, and she found that it, it wasn't easy going back. Um, a lot of the guys in Submo now have got babies, so really? <laughs> they're oh, even nice. more understanding now of of how it is. So, have, have you collectively got a less intense um, structure in terms of sessions and gigs, yeah. and it's all sort of like come down? Yeah, together. The last tour we did was kind of like weekends, really. It was like Friday, oh, Saturday, nice. Sunday, um, 
and then we'd be at home for like the week, which kind of it really it was really nice. Actually, mm-hmm. I don't know why we don't do that more often. Uh, so that yeah, that was cool. And the guys like. I think they get my pain now. Taos. <laughs> you must have, like, yeah. You must have enjoyed being like, <laughs> I told you. Yeah. <laughs> we went actually when I just had Amber. She must have been about seven months, and we had a gig in Russia. We went to Saint Petersburg and uh, Moscow, and we from we travelled from Saint Petersburg to Moscow on this like sleeper train, and. I, I woke up the next morning. They were, they were all like this. Oh God, that was the worst night's sleep ever, and I was just like. I slept from that moment to that moment. Nothing, no, I didn't wake up in between. That was the best night's sleep ever. And they were like, you're mad. And now they get it, I think. <laughs> That's really funny. <laughs> but, you know, I feel like I'm starting to find my feet again with it now and, you know, mm-hmm. balancing it all. And and she's inspiring as well. She kind of makes me want to do things. And, yeah, I want her to be proud of me. Yeah. Oh, I'm sure she is. <laughs> I'm sure. I guess the fact that you guys have been going for a while now and you're fairly established, you've got more um, control on yeah. <clears throat> the shows you do and you can be more selective. It's not as yeah. if you were just breaking into a scene, you couldn't be that's like true. stripping back the amount of stuff you do, I guess. So that's yeah. a bit of a blessing. No, it is. It was, it was quite a quiet summer this year, really. Um we did a tour in March, April last year, and that was really good. But then summer was really quiet. Have you got um, a show coming up, right? We've yeah, we've got some. Spotify. Yeah, we're doing like a little short tour next February because um, it's ten years since the van set up. So we're we're gonna <laughs> kind of re-release Finest Hour, I think, on vinyl. Oh wow, um, which would be nice. And then I need to come along. I, yeah, I've never come been along. to a show. Really? No, never. Come, it's the Earth in Hackney. Is it? Earth, yeah, it's a new venue. Okay, it should be nice. I'll yeah, be I'll be there. Right, <laughs> we've got going to Q's and A's now. Cool. Uh, we had a few in. Um, <laughs> some I left out because oh god, what they was? weren't just not just <laughs> just not good questions. Oh really? Yeah. <laughs> what um, did you have for breakfast? <laughs> one, one was similar. <laughs> what was your favourite food? It's like. Uh, Okay. <laughs> so, do you have a favourite show that you've played with Submo- Submotion Orchestra? Ooh. Or feel free to list a couple favorite. if that's too difficult. We did um, Outlook Festival uh, one year. We supported, we played before Lauren Hill. Wow. And it was in, yeah, it was that's wicked. Crazy. And it was in the 2,000-year-old Roman amphitheatre. And it's just... Some it's magical that venue because it's just like the Colosseum in Rome. It's incredible, and you just think about what used to go on there, and mm. and now it's still being used for entertainment purposes. So that was pretty. And for your setup as well, like yeah, orchestral, that's, that's yeah, been just perfect. <laughs> that was that was a memorable one. Um, obviously, we did the Royal Albert Hall. That was cool. Wow. Just as you know, just as they've played certain. Venues for me. Um, just loads. Every show is great, to be honest. I love playing with Submo. I, I, like, I love being on stage. Well, that, that leads <laughs> on to the next question, which yeah. is, you've played such big stages, how do you cope with nerves? A glass of white wine. <laughs> 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 no, I, I do like a glass of wine before the gig, but um, I love those nerves, so I yeah. think if I'm not feeling those nerves, I might as well just go home, you know? It's a good... That's interesting. It's a good thing, and I love that kind of, like... You know, when you like kind of pacing backstage and you, it's when you feel confident about what you're doing, the set list, you know, everything. You, you can just go on and mm-hmm. and do a good job. And it's, I love it. <laughs> that's that's actually reminding me of a question. Yeah. Which I really liked, which I can't remember if I read it or heard it, but someone said, would you rather play like main stage Glastonbury, um, but afterwards you take a pill and you forget it ever happened or play like, <laughs> Just like a festival in, I don't know, like a festival in London, for example, like a day mm. festival in London that you remember. I'd rather remember, to be honest. Yeah. Yeah, I think I'd rather remember. I'd love to play a main stage at Glassman, obviously, but mm-hmm. yeah, it it just makes me smile and it makes me so grateful to have been able to do that. And I, yeah, I absolutely love it. I'd rather... <laughs> I'd rather do that than any other job, really. 
yeah, standing on stage and singing for people. And, and I always like try and look at people in the audience as well and they remind me of like certain, do you know what I mean? I'll just kind of mm. hone in on, I don't know if they're aware. <laughs> <laughs> but it's, yeah, I absolutely love it. It's my favourite part of making music. Amazing. Yeah. And then the last question is, do you have any advice for aspiring singers just starting out? Um, it's quite a nice way to yeah. I think just don't have a baby. I <laughs> 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 do, but want to know. <laughs> Go just work with loads of different people. Um, just feel free about it. Just use your time wisely, and and enjoy what you do. Really, and and also don't. Do, do the work yourself. I think that's one thing that I wish I'd done more of in the last 10 years. Um, I, like I said, I've been sheltered a little bit and I feel like it's really like done me a disservice. I think really get involved in all aspects, you know, get involved in producing the videos, get involved in writing the lyrics, you know, producing the song, the mixing, the mastering, mm. all the kind of social media content. I feel like when you do that yourself, you can take full ownership and you learn so much as yeah. well so yeah really get involved nice yeah because yeah. that's tough isn't it when you're sort of expected these days to be good at social media to push yourself yeah as an artist when said person Back could just be really really musical and they they don't want to be on a computer they want to be yeah behind the sadly it is it's a part yeah. of it you have to be good at self-promotion now don't you and you have to you have to sell yourself mm. i guess if you're not going to do it who else is you know yeah, true. it's just the way times are going and it is a shame and obviously like michael jackson and those kind of, even further back they didn't have to do all this but it was just different i think you should just move with the times and just uh, kind of don't be afraid of them really because they're out you know the tools are there really if we can yeah. get on board with them and uh yeah just do it yourself that's the thing that's mm -hmm. <laughs> and, and then, so just to to summarize the podcast you're feeling positive i am feeling positive yeah definitely yeah and i think just keep clubbing together don't see other women as competition you know when when women support each other great things happen Okay, let's end on that sentiment <laughs> for sure. Okay, well, thanks so much for coming on the podcast. Thank you. It's been a pleasure Cheers. speaking to you. Um, look forward to more guests soon. <laughs>